breaking news. Okay, I'm uh, I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you a nickel. I got something in my desk drawer. Okay, at least a quarter. I I am eager to hear your breaking news. How's that sound? All right, I've changed my mind on something that we disagreed on. Oh, you are now on my side. I'm on your side. You you like life cereal? No, I've always liked life cereal. Oh, oh you okay. mean the regular the versus regu- the cinnamon. regular versus cinnamon? No, I am now on team La Croix. You're drinking La Croix. Good for I've, you. I've got some in my fridge right now. I, I, my plan was I, I ran out of time this morning. I was going to bring some in and we could drink it together. Oh, drink La Croix while, we while were. recording. Now, remember when we went to the Millennial Conference, they called it La Croix. Look, that's because they don't know French. <laughs> so I think it's quite tasty. Yes. Well, some better than others. What's your favorite favorite flavor? It's uh, tangerine or, or orange. I or just have the lime right lime. now. Lime is pretty good. Yeah. It's not quite as fizzy as some of the other sparkling waters I've had. Yeah. It's very, it goes down and smooth. People who are listening, by the way, uh, you didn't see Michael when he said fizzy. He had his fingers going I, like you this. Know, you, <laughs> we should do a video version of this yes. so that people could see my okay. gestures. Uh, hello, I am Father Herb Weber. And I'm sitting across the desk from... Hello, my name's Michael Bubbis. And he's the one who is now a convert to La Croix. I'm a convert. Uh, yes. And you know, the converts make the best uh, uh, representatives. La, 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 Croix, La Croix drinkers. Yes, <laughs> so I will... Uh, I will I'm going to try a new flavor next okay, week. Okay, I'm, I'm going to see what else I can convert you to. Catholicism, perhaps. Uh, we're working on that. All right, so here we are, getting ready for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time on February 9th. Yes, and this is what I want to do, is I want to fill you in on what you missed. I, you know, I've i been here. I haven't missed anything. No, you missed. We all missed last week. February, oh, right. February 2nd would have been the fourth Sunday. Correct. But it was superseded by the presentation, the presentation of the Lord mm-hmm. and the scripture readings. We went from Matthew to Luke. Meanwhile, we jump back to Matthew for this week, and it's not like we pick up where we left off. We just plain skipped the passage that would have been read had the February 2nd not been on a Sunday. Sure. So what happened last week? Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> I, know, I feel like we need music for this. Yeah. Oh, you got a piano there. Okay. That's not Me, Okay. Uh, the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, year A with Matthew. Uh-huh would have been the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, it's and one it be- of the best parts. And begins with the Beatitudes. So we miss the Beatitudes of all things. You know, I don't want to downplay the Beatitudes, but I, I'm okay with that because we hear them a lot. Well, I was going to say, we do hear them a lot. We hear them on the Feast of All Saints and often also sometimes at funerals, sometimes at weddings. Yeah. it come, They come up a lot. We know them. But never downplay the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the Beatitudes. Did I downplay them? Yeah, you said I don't want to downplay them. Right, which meant I didn't downplay them. Correct. (laughs) That was my disclaimer. But a lot of people think the Sermon on the Mount is only the Beatitudes. Beatitudes is just kind of like the preface. It's just getting it started. The Sermon on the Mount goes on for three chapters. Five, six, and seven. Of Matthew. Chapters five, six, and seven. And in the early church... Their version of RCIA, which I think they just referred to as the Catechumenate, the quote-unquote, air quote, textbook was the Sermon on the Mount, mm. five, six, seven. So they would tell people, learn that, and then we'll consider you joining the church, but also pray with us. Sure. <laughs> That's an important part. Yeah. So uh, we are moving on this Sunday. Assuming that everybody has just read the Beatitudes, we're moving on to the very next section, still in Chapter 5, 
of Matthew's gospel. Because the Beatitudes are basically verses 1 through 12, right? Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, because we're we're starting with 13. Now, would you like to read, you be salt, I'll be light. (laughs) Are you calling me salty? Yes. All right. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket it is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly father. Nice and short, right to the point. Sure. Okay, let's talk about uh, in what ways or for what purposes was salt used in those days? To... Seasoned food. Seasoned food and to, can you spell preservative? Okay, I was going to say to preserve something. Was the food, a, food. Oh, I mean, to preserve lot, food. I mean, even into the 20th century, uh, food was often, uh, meat was often preserved with salt. Okay. You know, they would dry it, but it was salted and keep it. Uh, we don't do it that much anymore. I have had several, this is one of the optional readings for a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I've had several couples pick this. And I always ask, you know, why did you pick this reading? And sometimes I refer back to it in the homily at the wedding. Yeah. Why did you pick this reading? And the one couple said, well, we really see that our marriage is not just keeping us happy. We we believe we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We're supposed to make a difference. And I remember being so impressed. So... Later on, maybe another six months, eight months later, there was a couple who chose the same reading. And I said, why did you pick this reading? And they looked at each other and they said, because it's a reminder of one of our fights. Really? I said, what kind of fight? And the guy said, she always gets mad at me when she cooks some food and I put salt on it before I even taste it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I, I didn't use that. Well, actually, I kind of alluded to that in the homily. Uh, <laughs> that they were fighting? No, not that they were fighting, but that, uh, you know, salt is is to bring out taste, but not to overwhelm the taste. Sure. And how many times? Did your mom yell at you? Uh, my mother did. You know, my we'd, mom we'd, never yelled at we'd, me. We'd have soup. And as soon as we sat down or something, we'd all pick up the salt shaker. And as a kid, said, you would salt things? Oh, yeah. And she said, well, taste it first. I never salted things. Now, my I know my dad my, do, my dad would salt and pepper stuff, but I never salted or added pepper to things as a kid. You didn't? No. No, I do now. Like, but, I'll put a little bit of salt or pepper on. Like, I use more pepper these days for some reason. Yeah, like on some broccoli or yeah. peas or... Everything's better with salt on it. It, it really is, but you have to be careful not to use too much. It's not good for you. Yeah. You don't want your blood pressure skyrocketing. Uh, I get that at work. The, <laughs> I am your salt. <laughs> is that what we're rub salt? That's what the Jesus said. From? You are the salt of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just had a little bit of uh, sea salt on avocado toast this morning. Yeah. We always come back to avocado toast on this podcast. Uh, you do. Yes, I do. It I was quite good. I've, I think I've had it once in my life. I had it at the Flying Joe. It's very green. It's very green. And the way they cut their avocado, this is not a commercial for the Flying Joe, but the way they, they cut... By, by the way, I'm drinking Flying, uh, Flying Joe. Joe coffee. Oh, we did see each other there this morning. Yeah. Um, 
the way they cut the avocado, I can never get my avocados to come out in slices like they do. I don't know how they do it. So I know somebody's going to tell me this weekend how to do how, it. How to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to learn people, people. People do respond to this podcast. They, <laughs> they do. They do. Okay, anyway. Uh, let me ask you a question, which I've asked other people. Nobody seems to know. Okay. Have you ever had salt lose its flavor? Not that I'm aware of. Because it says here, but if salt loses its taste with what can it be seasoned, is no longer good but be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Uh, Have you ever known salt to lose its taste? No. That's what I'm wondering what that's about. You should ask Jesus. Yeah, he's, you know, maybe saying something, maybe theirs was different. Maybe when I go to Israel, I can ask somebody. Maybe, it, I mean, maybe it's really more symbolic that if we lose, if we lose our, um, our passion, our... Well, of course. I mean, of course, that's the notion, and that's what this is about. Right. But you don't use a metaphor unless the metaphor bespeaks the truth. Maybe the salt that they had I mean, back you, then was not as... Uh, salty. Salt. <laughs> You can't use the word to describe it. Maybe it wasn't as uh, potent. I already feel bad for the people listening to this today. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's then let's talk about light. You are the light of the world. Yes. I, as a kid, we had lamps in our house, but they were all the electric lamps. Uh-huh. And so you don't light a lamp and put it under the bed. And I thought, of course not, but no big deal. Until one day I realized, oh, their lamps were flames that which you would don't be put a, much, a, a flame under the bed to be a much bigger issue back it then. would warm warm up your bed a little bit when you go to bed sure you know i think all of this whether it's salt or light is um it's hyperbole it is but i think you know we could get caught up in just talking about you know salt and and light and all that kind of stuff but let i think you know the, the takeaway for us is how do we affect or infect, maybe that's not a good word right now, but the the world around us because of our faith. Well, yes, but this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say Jesus used these symbols very intentionally. So we have to know what the symbol means to really get the, the full impact of this gospel reading. Okay. So we really do have to think about light. And again, probably the light is a bigger difference because... It was such a dark world in those days. Mm-hmm. We have light pollution. Everywhere. I was, everywhere. I was talking to somebody the other day who lives out in uh, Montana or was actually on vacation in Montana and said, I spent every evening just looking at the stars because I could see them. Right. Here, you're lucky to be able to see. Well, we have cloud cover daily. Yeah, <laughs> it's been very cloudy lately. But you, you look out. And uh, even on a clear night, you don't see a whole lot because there's so much ambient light. Sure. We have uh, traffic lights. We have highway lights. We have parking lot lights. We have security lights around our homes. We have headlights on people's cars. We have light reflected from one place to another. There's not a person who walks around without uh, a flashlight because they all have their phones. That's true. So we have light everywhere. So it's hard to to get catch the symbolism of light and darkness when we don't have the true darkness. Have you ever noticed driving down Five Point Road when it's dark out, especially on a cloudy night? There's like this orange glow in the distance. It's uh, kind of north. That's the for, that's the forest fire. 
this in Ohio. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure. I, I it's taken me a while to figure this out. I think it's 475. I think it's the, the all the lights around the interchange by St. Luke's Hospital. Oh, that would be that would hit the the clouds. That would reflect off. You're yeah. right. But driving here, you know, down the country roads, you see kind of this orange glow up in the clouds each night. It's there every night. Yeah. Pay att- pay attention to it next time you drive home. I I don't go that very far very far on. That's true. Road. You don't. Well, come over to my house. And, and these days, I don't see anything. <laughs> surgeries. Your cataract surgery is coming. My cataract surgery is three weeks from today. So, well, t- by the way, folks, by the time you hear this, it's two weeks away because we're recording this early. All right. Um, another, you know, talking about light, I was thinking, because we always enjoy being in our backyard at night, and we can see some stars in Waterville where we are. It's not super light, but with the new bridge and all the lights that will be on that are our light pollution in the evening is going to be much more than it used to be. So Jesus was in a world where light is a symbol, but it's a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of possibility. It's a symbol of having a direction. And of course we're coming off the reading just a week ago, two weeks ago. uh, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light Mm -hmm. upon those who dwelled in the land of gloom. A light has shone from Isaiah, which was used at midnight mass at Christmas, used on uh, January, what day was that, Uh, 26th? It was used on January 26th uh, and quoted in the gospel. So the prophet Isaiah quoted in the gospel. And now, you know, Jesus is the light. There's another part of this gospel that has always hit me. Okay. Can you imagine Jesus telling his disciples, you are the light of the world? You are the light of the world because they're just starting to grasp that he is the light of the world. Sure. And he turns around and says, no, you are the light of the world. So from the beginning, this is only chapter five of Matthew's gospel, Sermon on the Mount, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. So early on, Jesus is saying, you are going to make a difference. It's not just me. I'm counting on you. You are my extension. Sure. So it's not just you are my hands and my feet. You are my light. You know, what's interesting with that, though, is that light always has to have a source, whether it's the electricity that we have today. Yes. Uh, the lamp must be plugged into something to derive its its energy. Its lightness. Uh, <laughs> yes. Or if it if it's fire, it has to have a, a source of fuel. And some combustible. Right, and t- something to keep it going. So we cannot be light unless we are tied to the source to illuminate us. That's correct. And that's why sometimes I use the image of a mirror. You know, the the moon has a light at night, but it's really just reflecting the light of the sun. Mm-hmm. It it does not produce its own light. Which is interesting because on a, on a clear night, especially during a full moon, it can be very light. I mean, that reflection yeah. of light is... I, I have seen moon shadows. Have you ever... Moon shadows. No. That's not a real song. No, there is. There is one. I'm being followed by a moon shadow. There's a song? Yeah. Oh, Oh, you're too young. Okay. I get that. I bet people out there are saying, I'm being followed by a moon shadow. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. But I I remember walking on the beach once, full moon at night. Yeah. This was uh, somewhere in South Carolina. And the shadow from the moon was pretty, pretty striking Mm -hmm. on the beautiful white sand. So, uh, yeah, there is such a moon shadow, but the, the moon does not produce its own light. It's reflecting the light of the sun. Sure. So, but it's still s- evident and it's still significant. 
I think sometimes too we take light for granted. Yeah. That or we produce our own light and we forget you know, there's I think there's a collision of lights. So there's all these other lights that attract us. Have you ever been in Times Square? I have. Or a place like that? Vegas. Or Vegas or something. The lights are everywhere. It's dazzling and basically almost uh, hypnotic. Yeah. And it can it can just pull your attention. And But these are false lights. And I think there's a lot of false lights out in the world. Oh, expand upon that a bit. That's good. Well, I mean, we're, you know, the things that we think are going to make us happy. Something attracts us and says, oh, this is what you should follow. Excuse me a second. <coughs> this is what we should uh, should follow. Yeah. Uh, that somehow this is going to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, we want that light. We want this light. And meanwhile, the real light is there, but it's it's almost obliterated by all the other stuff. Sure. So we have to be able to discern between light sources. Yeah, discernment is a, a major part of Christianity. You know, where is the hand of God? What's going on? And, you know, what what light did I follow today? I think, too, though, we have to also, we cannot forget that being called to be light is a great responsibility. So that when we are in the midst of others, um, we we still represent. Or if you are the only one with light and everybody else is is, uh, in the dark. I remember I was exploring a cave once in southern Indiana. This was not open to the public, but some people uh, invited me to go with them. So there were four of us, and they said, make sure you bring flashlights. Well, I went out and got some new batteries. Mm -hmm. Apparently nobody else did. So we, the four of us, in the middle of the night, went far into this cave. It was just a little hole in the ground until you got inside. Then you could stand up. Mm -hmm. And we went pretty far in, and we turned off all the lights just to experience the darkness. Then we started out, and all three of them, their their flashlights were failing. So I had the one flashlight that really was producing decent light. Yeah. And I felt so responsible because without light, there was like a little creek running through it, a little, little ditch. And we had to walk in water at times. But I was just afraid that they're all going to slip and fall and, you know, break something. And we'd have to drag them out. Sure. Uh, but I've, I felt responsible because I had the light. Now, when the reason we went at night, and it was about 10 o'clock at night when we went in, when we came out in the middle of the forest, talk about light, the stars just jumped at us. It was in the fall or winter when there were no t- leaves on the trees, yeah. so you could see the sky. Uh, but the, the stars just were brilliant because we had been in such absolute darkness. That your eyes were Yeah, mesmerized. they were ready to receive it. Yeah, I, th- I think the last image that comes to mind for me is the Easter Vigil. When one single light, the yeah. light of Christ, comes into the church in the amidst of the darkness, and by the end of that uh, portion of the liturgy, the whole church is illuminated because each person passed it to yeah. another. One light uh, doesn't do a whole lot, uh, one candle, but if you add a bunch of them, it's like my birthday cake. <laughs> well, now that you're getting up there in age, it's really bright. Yeah, but But the truth is it does enlighten the whole building. Right. But that, you know, that we must share this with other people. That, and it would almost be irresponsible to keep it to ourselves. I don't know if you saw the image that I've been using for RCIA. It was a uh, photograph that Jeff took last year at Easter Vigil uh-huh. of 
one person passing the flame of a candle to another person because everybody in the pew has the candles. Yeah. And it's just a, a perfect photography, just beautiful. It's all black behind it. Mm -hmm. And you see the two hands, the one giving and the one receiving. Yeah. And sometimes we have to be the givers and sometimes we are the receivers, but it's the light that gets passed. And here's one more little thing. Okay. We'll go out in style here. One more <laughs> little thing. <laughs> Going out. In Did style. you know if you have a candle that's burning? Yes. And you just walk by and you blow it out. Yeah. And then you come back again with another candle, and you put it just close to it. The flame jumps to the one that you had just blown out. Really? Yes. I want to try this. I did. I had read that somewhere. Because it, like how close? Well, pretty close. But you don't have to like literally light light it anymore because it's still warm. So if you're you know you blew, you blew out the candle. I love the smell of a candle when yeah. it gets burnt out or yeah. blown out. Blown out. Yeah. Uh, you bring the new the candle that's burning close to the one that you just blew out. Are you talking inches? Oh, yeah, less than an inch. You can bring them close together, yeah. and the flame will jump. That's a, okay. I want to do this now. Yeah. We have to, we're, After as soon as we're done, we're going to go get We're going to go into church, light we're a candle. We're going to play You got to let it burn for a little bit. By the way, this is the day you, you change the sanctuary lamp. People always ask, who changes the sanctuary lamp and how long does it burn? Hello. So this is your chance. Thursday's the day. Although I did it on on Friday last week, so it'll burn a little extra today because we have the symphony concert. Yeah. So. Uh, but today's. It's, it's called an eight-day candle. But we usually change it weekly. It, it it says eight days. Well, I guess technically it is eight days because I do it from Thursday to Thursday. It's called an eight-day candle. <laughs> My brain's not working well did, today. Did you read the first reading from Isaiah for this week? I didn't because you were talking about salt and light. Well, that's that's what I'm doing. Thus says the Lord, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed with and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your wounds shall quickly be healed so light also leads to action and doing things all right i think it's great so let there be light let there be candle we're gonna go play with fire amen and drink la croix amen all right guys take care bye <laughs>